Welcome to Women Under the Sun on the Business Radio X Network, where you'll meet extraordinary women with incredible stories in both life and business. And now, Kim Adair and Mark Bishop. And welcome to another wonderful Woods Podcast, where we feature special guests from all over the globe that have done something unusual with their lives and careers and have become leaders and motivators in their own right. Firstly, my partner in crime, Kim Adair. Welcome, Kim. Good afternoon, Mark. It's good to be back with you again. Susan Bennett was born in Burlington, Vermont, and attended high school at Clinton Central School in Clinton, New York. In 67, she enrolled in the Pembroke College and graduated in 71 from Brown University after the two schools merged. And while in college, Susan concentrated her studies in the classics and had intended to become a teacher, but acted in uh, Sock and Buskin theatrical productions, was a member of a jazz band, and was a singer with the Chattatoxa Capella Group. Boy, what a busy lady. The thing is, who the heck is Susan Bennett? <laughs> well, we want you to meet Susan Bennett, the speaker every iPhone owner will be raving about before and after your event. She's the original voice of Siri and the most famous voice in the world. We've heard of speakers that are good, but spectacular aligns with your brand. By the way, you can book Susan Bennett to speak and your attendees will be counting down the days leading up to your event. That's a strong testimonial from Catherine Marsh, Siri. Sorry, Susan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here. <laughs> Thought you'd enjoy that. Well, it's lovely to have you on the show, Susan Bennett. Uh, voice. Well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, a long introduction, I know, but we really wanted to establish a little bit there. Uh, Susan Bennett. Okay. By the way, Bennett, interesting name. My grandparents were Bennetts. And they, uh-huh. read, yeah, they came from Manchester, England, way back when uh, it was 10 quid boat. Uh, 10 quid on the boat it was to get to Australia. And uh, that was the fee way back then. I think it was late 30s, whenever, early 40s. And, um, yeah, so there you go. They came out of Manchester, Bennett's. Now, Susan Bennett, though, voice and vocals, uh, is a sole proprietor operation, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yep, it's me. Actually, it's three. Me, myself, and I. (laughs) The three of you actually do it all, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So your full-time career is a freelance voice actor, speaker, singer, and keyboard player? That's it, yes. Wow. And as a popular voiceover artist and singer, you've appeared on hundreds of uh, radio, TV commercials, clients like, gee, the Oh, yes, because I've been doing this for many, many, many years. We won't go into the exact number. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll just mention a couple, though. McDonald's and Macy's and Goodyear and Papa John's and Fisher Price. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, uh, you know... Is that what you really wanted to do in the beginning, to be a voiceover artist and ad marketer? Uh, no, actually. I fell into it accidentally. Um, I was a, I've been a singer since I was in high school, and when I moved to Atlanta, I started to sing out in clubs and restaurants, and I also started to, do, to sing jingles at a lot of different uh, recording studios in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, one recording studio... Doppler, which was fabulous and around for close to 50 years, but it's no longer here. They uh, used to hire me all the time. And so this one particular day, we had been singing a group uh, jingle for a particular client. And 
the voice actor didn't show up to read the copy for the spot. Mm -hmm. So the studio owner said, Susan, you don't have an accent. Come over here <laughs> and read this. And, uh, and I did it very, you know, easily. And I thought, oh, I, I can do this. This is something I need to look into. So I got a voice coach and then a talent agent, and I've been doing voiceovers ever since. Just like a movie, isn't it? It's always that incredible something unique to, to start it all, you know, something that happened mm -hmm. out of the blue. Uh, are you right. still the voice of Delta Airlines at Gates Worldwide, uh, as well as, yeah. uh, you know, numerous GPS and phone systems? Mm-hmm, yes. You're still doing all of that as well? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not still doing them. They're they're there. <laughs> that, that's right. I, I have yeah. them, and they they keep using the voice, so I guess they like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you. Yeah, you're there, right? Well, oh, next time I go to the airport because I want to get out and fly around. I actually am a former flight attendant, so I'm going to pay attention to your voice. I'm going to go hang out over there at well, Delta Airlines. Well, they have Airlines. more than one, so I'm oh. the one at the gate. I'm the voice at the gate. Right. So. Excellent. Well, yeah. I'll be looking for you there next time I fly. Okay. <laughs> so you've done your share of nationally televised programs, including the Mariah Carey, Marius Christmas Special, the Queen Latifah Show, CNN, Showbiz Tonight, the Jack and Triumph Show, the New to Tell the Truth, and you read for David Letterman, the top ten list for David Letterman. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I love him. So, so that's yeah. the boy. Now, when I think about that, I do recognize that. Yes, I did do that. Which of all of those really turned you on at all, Susan? Which was your favorite, if anything? My favorite. Yeah. Favorite that's appearance. That's really hard to say. I, I mean, I enjoy them all. And it was fun to meet Queen Latifah. I think she's great. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's, it, uh, it's really hard to, to choose one particular thing. They, they were all very different but fun experiences. What a lot of people uh, don't know uh, is that basically you're a musician. I mean, the voice work, speaking and acting all came later, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. You were playing yeah, piano? Yeah, I've been playing the piano since I was four. Four, and you were playing that by ear, is that correct? Uh-huh, that's right. That's pretty good. But you took classical piano lessons for many years and uh -huh. uh, ended up singing in uh, your first band, which was called Conglomerate. Tell us about that. Correct. Well, um, I was uh, singing in uh, musical productions um, as well. I was in, uh, I think, Oklahoma and Carousel. And um, I also happened to meet a fellow musician who wanted to start a band. And uh, so I was the singer in this little jazz band. And we played, uh, I think it was six nights a week in the summer wow. uh, in Newport, Rhode Island. And, uh, yeah, so that was my introduction to uh, being a paid musician. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really fun, and uh, the guys were terrific. And, in fact, we're just at, at this point um, getting so uh, – we found some old tapes of conglomerate, and we're putting them on, uh, you know, getting them digitized, to shall we say. Right. And uh, so, yeah, just a little stroll down memory lane there. Very fun. And, um, yeah. yeah, after that I moved to Atlanta, and I ended up – doing a lot of uh, singing in, you know, clubs and restaurants, and ultimately I started working with some other musicians, and we had a band together called, first of all, it was called Gibson Bennett Band, and then it was called Interactive, and we had that band for almost 25 years, so. Yeah, yeah, which we'll get onto that later, because I think your old man plays it too, doesn't he? Uh, he does. Yeah. 
we're we'll, we'll going to uh, look at that because I find it fascinating. You can work with your, your hubby for 25 years, but maybe because it's, you know, uh, you're growing popularity. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> you're growing popularity as a public speaker, though, accidentally famous, shall we say. It's really taking, has taken you all over the U.S., uh, as well as international destinations, uh, Croatia of all places, Australia. Uh-huh. What took you to those places, may I ask? Well, there was a big conference, a European conference in Croatia, and we were in one of the probably most popular resort towns in Europe right now, Rovinia, right. Croatia. And uh, it, was, it was an amazing, just tiny little town uh, right across the, uh, the ocean from Venice, Italy, and it actually much of this little town looked very Italian to me. So <laughs> the people were wonderful. It was a pretty big conference, and actually, the uh, some of the promo material on my website uh, with me in the red jacket is that was filmed in Croatia. So uh-huh. it was a it was a wonderful experience. And then uh, we went to Sydney, Australia, last a year ago, just about right now, as a matter of fact. And that was just wonderful. The only bad thing about it is that we we didn't get to stay as long as we would have liked and and mm. the other parts of the country. But it was uh, it was a wonderful trip. Well, I'm glad you liked it. But as usual, uh, most Americans I have ever spoken to over what 17 odd years now have lived in the states usually only get to do Sydney unless they've got more time. Uh, it's a big country. Right. It is a big country. There's a lot to see and a lot to do. But of course, Sydney's got the harbour, and it's a beautiful harbour, isn't it? Yeah, we had a great time. We walked and walked and walked all over Sydney. Uh, now, I had been to, that was my second time in Australia uh, because I sang backup vocals for Roy Orbison. Yeah, and yeah, we spent, got that down with yeah. Bird Bacharach as well. Unbelievable. Yep, yep. So I'm glad well, you liked it. Six so, weeks. Six weeks. So, yeah, Very in Coolangatta. And that was our, that was our you know, stomping mm. uh, ground. And then we took buses and visited other cities and towns and, and played there. Were you so were you was, appearing uh, at the RSL clubs? Were you? Oh, well, you know, this has been like forty years ago. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it might have been, might have been, but uh, Coolangatta, yeah. yeah, it's a popular yep. spot up the east coast. Yeah, it's beautiful. Lovely. Yeah. Oh well. So your overall thoughts of Australia are on the uh, positive, and would recommend it to Oh, anybody. very, very positive. Very positive. People are very friendly. Very down to earth. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Well, you can tell Marcus from there, of course. Well, you've done, um, you have done hundreds of commercial jingles. Famously, Tilly, the all-time teller for the first successful ATM in the U.S. And then you've mm-hmm. talked about um, touring with Burt Bacharach, I'm so jealous, and Roy Orbison. That must have been a yeah. um, wonderful experience for, for you. Tell us how you felt about that. Tell us first about well, Tilly, uh, getting your jingle with Tilly, and then I'd love to talk to you about um, how, you, how, what was it like to spend time with Bert and Roy? Yeah. Well, the jingle thing, you know, it, it, it didn't seem to be that big a deal at the time because it was just, you know, we all, we sang jingles for all kinds of products. And I guess the thing that was significant about this particular jingle is that it was in the late 70s, and they were trying to introduce ATMs in banks all over the country, mm-hmm. and nobody wanted anything to do with them because this was long before personal computers or smartphones or anything like that. And people just did not trust getting their money, getting their money, or putting checks into a machine. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, right. uh, they just weren't using the machines. And so a very clever group of guys at McDonald's and Little Advertising Agency in Atlanta 
decided, well, we need to humanize the machine. So they put a little Swiss Miss type of face on the, on the ATM and called her Tilly the All-Time Teller. Cute. And then I sang the jingle for it, and uh, and it became the first you know successful ATM in the country. I had to listen to it on your website, ladies and gentlemen. You want to check out her website? It's a very nice <laughs> site. It's got a lot of interesting Thank stuff you. on it, and I love that jingle. You want to do it for us, or is it asking too much? I'm Tilly the <laughs> All Time Teller. I work for First National Bank. <laughs> so lovely, cute. lovely. Or, although, 40 years ago, I think it was a, a lot higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Good old Tilly. But it was to think of where we've come since those days. You know, yes. one teller putting money into a machine. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to yes. get it out again. Huh? I can see that. Yeah. Right. Well, Hazel, share a little bit about uh, traveling as a backup singer. That's you got some good guys that you were working with. How how were they? I mean, were they easy to work well, they for? Were great. Uh, we didn't see too much of Roy. Roy was kind of a recluse. He used to like to stay in his room and read books. But ah. um, Bert was when I first met Bert. It was hilarious. We started our tour. Um, and in Atlanta at a really wonderful park, Chastain Park, and it was an outdoor uh, amphitheater. And so he was staying in the hotel closest to Chastain, which happened to be a holiday inn of all things. So, of mm. course, he had the penthouse. So uh, there was another, there were two other singers from Atlanta, and so the three of us met Bert and a couple of other singers that he brought with him from L.A., and we're re- rehearsing with him up in his penthouse, and okay. I'm just looking at this guy going, oh, my God, I don't believe this. And so he's playing the piano, or we're working out parts, and he turns to me, and he says, Susan, what do you think about this? Wow. <laughs> and I kind of lurked around to my right and left and said, is he, is he actually asking me? <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, so he was great. It was uh, That was during the time that he was married to uh, Carol Bayer Sager, so she was on the on the ticket to... And um, we traveled all over the South, and it was just a wonderful oh. experience. As far as Roy, um, boy, we went all over the world. We went to the oh, British wow. Isles. We went to Australia. We went all over the United States. And, you know, even this was during a time before the traveling Wilburys and after okay. his huge success in the in the 60s. Um, and so he – but he would still – draw people and people just loved his music it was really amazing so we it was fun to be a part of that band because it was it was all so positive wow what i just i have some friends that have done backup but those are those are some big names and uh, like i had a les little girl had such a crush on burt Bacharach, but that's that's something you've done a lot so so going back to um how did you get into voiceover work in the first place well, that was oh, the Doppler well, Studios I scenario that I was, she uh, had about. sung a jingle, and the voice actor didn't show up. And so the studio owner said, well, Susan, you don't have an accent, so come over here and read this copy. And as soon as I did that, I, I realized that it was something I could do, so I got a coach. Right. And right. then just ultimately, you know, I, had a, I got a talent agent and went up for auditions and that sort of thing, and it just sort of clicked. So the music continued with the interactive band, that's a private mm-hmm. event band. This is where your husband, mm-hmm. uh, that's the guitar player, right. Rick Hinkle, right? Right. And you've been playing together for 25 years. Okay, so what's the secret? I mean, a lot of people would like to know when it comes to uh, Susan working with your hubby for 25 years. Um, well, you know, uh, how do you do it? We weren't married during that entire time, but 
We uh, we just get along. He really really makes me laugh. I think that's the key to a well, marriage. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Laughter. Uh, and laughing at and with each other. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we just get along, and, and we love to play music together. He plays guitar. He also plays excellent bass and plays some drums, plays piano. He's uh, also an audio engineer, so he's a That's talented true. guy. Very diverse, and, um, isn't it? Yeah. we just, um, our voices are very, very different, but somehow they blend well together and so we we always enjoy playing together we basically have the same taste in music so well, that's uh, it all just uh, works out pretty well hmm. so are you are you doing a lot of that now i mean everything's kind of shut down are you guys well, no, still out there doing, no <laughs> you're just... no we're not doing a lot of anything right now um rick has done a few you know he's a freelance musician and since we kind of um dismantled our band about gosh i guess it's when was that it's been at least 10 years. Uh, um, and we'd, you know, we'd done it for 25 years. We decided that was enough because the events were changing. They were looking for different things from bands. And our band always had musicians behind their instruments. And now it be, was becoming a popular thing to have bands with front singers and then a big, mm, huge band, right. you know, packing them up. And so that wasn't really our thing. So we decided, well, we'll just go and, you know, do some intermittent things here and there. And, um, so, consequently, he is doing all kinds of uh, freelance jobs, but uh, we're both trying to be very, very careful because mm-hmm. we're considered older people at this point, <laughs> and um, we just don't want to, you know, to uh, jeopardize ourselves. And so, I think Rick has done maybe about three gigs since the COVID hit, and that's, you know, just, he, he won't do anything unless it's, you know, uh, outside and right. socially distanced and people wearing masks and everything. Yeah, so. it's a very difficult yeah. time. You go back, though, um, well, there's two bands, Oops, sorry, right? Sorry, don't call me. <laughs> two, two bands, uh, that's a switch, isn't it? <laughs> two bands, uh, Boomer's yeah. Gone Wild, right, which uh, features rock and roll, I was rock and soul music from the 60s yeah. and 70s. Yep. And then, of course, yep. the Canyon Ladies, Featuring yep, uh, the Canyon music ladies. of 60s singers, songwriters, uh, Laurel Canyon and so on. Johnny Mitchell? Yep, Johnny Ed, Mitchell. Yes, and the Johnny one Johnny Wade, Carol King. Um, Linda Ronstadt, our famous Tucsonan. Linda Ronstadt, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's really fun because there are three female vocalists and then my husband on guitar and a good friend of ours, John Lewis, on drums. All right. And uh, it's, it's really fun, but... Yeah, we were really getting cranked up <laughs> for this year and then... Um, we had a big gig set for, I think it was February 29th, no, no, March 29th, and mm-hmm. that got canceled because of COVID, and that was, you know, so we, now we haven't even been able to rehearse this whole year, so no. <laughs> hopefully we can start over uh, anew in 2021, but I don't know, people aren't, people aren't being as careful as they need to be, and mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I know, and this year has been. It be a long time before this thing well, you know, how, goes how, away. how do you get on, you know, with a year like this? in the world of entertainment and rehearsals and practice and i mean did you guys do anything with zoom this year or any other platform do you do you not bother uh, is it easy or too uh, hard to do well we we just felt it was kind of hard to do and and it's just there's just not the same feeling as you know doing it on a, on video as it is just being together live so we're just putting it off until we can get together and rehearse and you know Rick and I still play music at home and We've actually been uh, creating a Canyon Ladies album, and oh, Rick and I have done mm. most because I play keyboard and keyboard bass, and he plays guitar and all kinds of other things. So we have uh, 
you know, put the basic. That's the nice thing about technology. We can we can mm-hmm. put the basic things down, and he could put some, you know, digitized drums on the songs, and then send the file to our drummer, mm. <laughs> and then he could open up the file, put real drums on there, cool. and send it back. And it's, it's incredible. So this, during this whole COVID thing, we've been building this very nice little album. And then um, a couple of times, we've had two of the other singers uh, come in uh, individually with masks and, <laughs> and socially yeah. distanced and, uh, to, to sing on, on a few songs. So... You know, it's not we we can't get out and play, which we really do miss. It's it, it's especially our boomers gig because we have a we have a real following at this little club up in a a little, a little old gold mining town of Georgia called mm. Delonica, Georgia, and we've been playing at this little club, the Crimson Moon, for five. Well, it would have been six years this year, but um, yeah, that we. It's a small club, so there's really no way that we're going to go up there and play. <laughs> well, I was going to ask no you. Social distance. Yeah, right. Other than that particular club, we were going to ask you, where do you perform? I mean, do you have to, when, if things were normal and there was no COVID and the things you've planned for this year, as an example, uh, do you have to travel far for your gigs? No, Atlanta's a big town. I mean, Atlanta's six and a half million people, and we have uh, a bunch of different venues, Variety Playhouse, Eddie's Attic, and there are a lot of little venues all over the city uh, where we can play, and a lot of times they're just, you know, individual um, performances in a park or something like that, and so there there are a lot of different places to choose from. Mm. Well, I guess it would be, yeah, I'm in Atlanta in its own right. I just want to go back a, a little bit. I want to talk about Brown University because you're so talented, mm-hmm. you're so diverse. You, you know, you started young, uh, keyboard, uh, playing the piano by ear. Uh, was your family a musical family? Where do you think you got your gifts from? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> my my dad liked big band music, but actually we didn't have any music in the house. They weren't big on the radio or Isn't anything like amazing? that. They didn't have their own stereo mm. or record players or anything like that. So it was very unusual. And I don't know how they knew. I, I guess I, I showed my musical talent very young in life because they made sure that I had musical instruments. I had these, this little set of bells, <laughs> <laughs> and I had a you know a, a little piano. And when I was four, four or five, I first started playing, picking out melodies on this little toy piano. And my next door neighbor heard me, mm-hmm. and he called my folks and said, "I think you have a musical child here. Wow. I am moving, and I want to give her my upright piano." And he gave Aww. me Mr. Chegner. Thank you, Mr. Chegner. <laughs> you were the reason it all started. Um, and he gave me his upright piano, which I took lessons on for many, many years. Wow! See, so it was all meant to be. Uh, how about mm-hmm. that? And my question yeah. on regarding Brown Uni: um, Did you enjoy your days there? I did, uh, I, but I would have to say I had kind of ambivalent feelings. Um, Providence is not the cheeriest city in the world. <laughs> it's actually going to be pretty pretty depressing. It's, it, it's gray a lot of the year. And I think at first I was a little worried that, that I wasn't going to be able to keep up. It's a pretty uh, stellar school. Stringent, yeah. Uh, but I discovered that, um, you know, uh, I could just, you know, choose courses that I thought I could potentially do well in, <laughs> and that worked out very well. Um, I had a lot of fun singing in the uh, the Chatter Talks, the um, a cappella group. It wasn't completely a cappella. We had a guitar or two as an accompaniment, mm-hmm. but um, it was, you know, harmony 
singing, and that was a lot of fun. And um, and I was in some musicals and plays, and yeah, yeah, it was a po- very positive experience. There you go. Wow. Well, really, you have done just about it all, Susan. Is there something professionally you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Hasn't appeared on your radar? You know, well, I, I don't think so as far as what I think I'm capable of doing. But I really love uh, doing the speaker events. And fortunately, I'm starting to get some virtual events now that we're not sure how long this COVID thing is going to be. But I really, really love singing harmony. And so I love Mm. backup singing. Um, So, but you know, that's just not, that's not in the cards right now until uh, things calm down. (laughs) Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Tell me more about your speaking world. Um, What do you talk about? Obviously now I'm interested how you, how you shape it all up and how you'd uh, prepare it. You're invited to, and for starters, where do you speak? Are you on a tour? Are you on a circuit? Well, I'm on a on a website, and I have I have a wonderful agent, Wes Stevens at Vox in Los Angeles. He and his partner um, Tom Lawless uh, have done very well by me as far as the the Siri situation. I've done a lot of really cool jobs because of them, and they sort of branched out. Their their company is. Um, mostly a voiceover uh, company, and so they sort of branched out to help me <laughs> uh, book, you know, speaker events, but mm-hmm. um, so I'm very grateful for that, and, you know, the thing is that, for me, I, I like to, uh, I like to do, I don't, I wouldn't want to speak, like, several times a week or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I enjoy just working maybe, you know, once a month or something like that is perfect for me because I like to customize all my presentations, even though the basic structure of each one is the same. That was an interesting prospect for me. Something I had never done before was to Mm -hmm. actually write my own presentation and try to come up with some little anecdotes and and hopefully humorous (laughs) things Uh, to uh, entertain. We were sort of, Kim and I were sort of talking about and saying it must be, I mean, your background is Siri. You know, uh, plus your music now and, 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 you know, going to interview you, uh, one has done a lot more research than one would have done normally. So to be a speaker, I guess you talk about your past a lot, um, your successes. Well, no, I'll tell you exactly what I, I speak about. I, um, I do the first, it's basically in three parts. And the first part is about, you know, who is Siri? Where did she come from? And, you know, Apple did not create Siri and that's, interesting to people and so i tell the stories about um how she came about how the recordings were done and those of us who provided the voice for siri didn't know we were doing that when we were doing these recordings because the recordings were done you know in the mid well the first decade of the 2000s (laughs) Um, i did mine starting in 2005 and at the time we were all told we were just sort of doing some generic phone phone voicing and so when, you know, six years later, suddenly I'm Siri, it, that was a surprise. So um, I talk about that experience, and then I do talk quite a bit about the voiceover business because that's where Siri came from. And during that portion, I do a lot of different voices to show people, you know, the different aspects of voiceover and the different things that you can do, different accents, different characters. And then the third part is basically how Siri was a huge life lesson for me. And ah. uh, I, because the reason I started 
talking about that is I did a TED Talk years ago, and, you know, it had to be inspirational. Mm -hmm. It had to have something in there that you were going to inspire other people. And so I decided to talk about fear (laughs) Ah. and and why it took me so long to reveal myself as the voice and uh, the reasoning behind that, but that underlying all of it was just fear because I'm a fairly introverted person and I wasn't really interested in fame and just, you know, uh, being out there. So um, that's what it's basically about. And then depending on, you know, each different company that hires me wants a different length presentation. So it it ends up being a Siri appearance, you know, a speaker event, then a Q and a and that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's fun. Have you ever walked out on stage as a phone or anything? <laughs> as a phone? <laughs> uh, not yet, but there's always a first time. Just Martin. to get them laughing, you know what I mean, or whatever. Like, yeah. That's cute. <laughs> I, got, I got a question for you. Are you psychic at all? I'm sorry? Are you psychic? Intuitive? Am I psychic? No, I don't know. I know I'm not psychic, but I am pretty intuitive. Well, I'll tell you why I asked that question, because you took the words right out of our mouth. Is there a reason it took you so long to reveal you were the voice of Siri? Yes, absolutely, because voiceover is very, very competitive, and we all have to, those of us who do it uh, for a career, have to spend our time auditioning. You know, uh, when I first got into voiceover, it was very different. It wasn't nearly as competitive, and you had an agent, and the agent basically got found you jobs, or at yes. least found you auditions, controlled auditions. So maybe you were auditioning against, you know, ten or twenty other people, and now you're auditioning against thousands, possibly, because mm-hmm. they'll send auditions out everywhere. And uh, so, oh dear, I just lost my train of thought. What was the original <laughs> question? <laughs> About being, uh, you're a little like I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shy, believe it or not. But when I go oh, on, oh no, it, I'm very frazzled yeah, now it's, because it's of this different. election business. But um, yeah, yes, yeah. I was talking about the voiceover business, I guess. And now the you, it's so competitive, mm-hmm. and because there are so many different aspects to it, you know, there there are narrations, animation, gaming, uh, all kinds of things, and. I was able to do a lot of those different things, but I knew that if I revealed myself as the voice of Siri, that I would be immediately typecast. Mm. And suddenly everyone would forget what I was able to do. They would just see me as Siri. Mm. And so I was really, really concerned about that because that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my voiceover career. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was I really what you know, wasn't really sure how to deal with the fame thing. And, uh, you know, so I, I really had to... to do a lot of thinking and vacillating back and forth as to whether to do it or not. And finally, I guess the stars aligned or something because I, I made a decision to to uh, to reveal myself. And I'm really, really glad I did because it's... Uh, you took a long time. Not only did I get some brand new, fabulous agents who have been very, very helpful to me, mm-hmm. but I also got a brand new career thanks to Siri. So... Mm-hmm. Do you think these agents these days are only interested if you're uh, a big name? at all, or do they still look for something unique? Um, That's really hard to say. I think it depends on the size of the agency, and, you know, I know that when I joined Fox in 2013, the the owner and co-founder, Wes Stevens, told me, he said, now, you know, don't get really excited. (laughs) We never would have signed you if you had not been Siri, because Mm -hmm. we have 
a lot of female voices. And unfortunately, uh, female voices don't get as much work as male voices. Mm. So um, it's very, very competitive. Mm. And it, it's really hard to say. I think if, if, if you're really, really gifted and you've got a great demo and there's room in their roster for you, I think that uh, most good agents are going to take you if you're, if you're really good at what you do. So. Well, I tell you what, the other day I was offered some software which is out in the marketplace. You've probably seen it, heard about it, or come across it yourself. But they're trying to do everything these days, and I think it's the Indians that put this together. But we're talking about artificial intelligence now as voiceovers. Can mm-hmm. you believe that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they're getting better and better, but it's still not human. I don't care what anybody no, says. No, they're not human. Um, but you do a beautiful job. Human, you know? Boy, we're all going to be out of work. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what else? Automation, artificial intelligence, uh, you know. But I don't think anybody can replace you. You've got a beautiful voice and you do such a beautiful oh, well, job. <laughs> you know, I think so anyway. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, or Kim was going to ask you, uh, does it bother you, you know, uh, uh, at all when people do come up to you when you, you must you know well-known voices in the world if people want to you know what we'll be saying or oh you're siri you must be do, do you ever get that i know your voice or um no very no only two people in all these years <laughs> have recognized my voice one guy was a waiter and one guy was wow. a banker and i told them both that they were in the wrong business and <laughs> to get into audio somewhere <laughs> but um no most people don't recognize the voice and that's because um the siri voice has changed the one that's on there now is much younger sounding um she's a millennial and um, but even when my voice was on the phone, people didn't rec- recognize it because my speaking voice is higher than what the original Siri was. And the, the original Siri was down there. <laughs> Hi, take a left turn. <laughs> and so uh, you know, people people don't and, well, and also people don't expect to hear the Siri voice coming out of a human. <laughs> right. You know, so they just don't they don't, they don't put it together. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, when you called me back one day and said you would do the show, uh, you should have been a fly on my wall because I about fell off my chair and then I was dancing in my <laughs> studio. I was so <laughs> excited. I cannot tell you how excited. You may be the, the best guest I'll ever have. Just I was so thrilled that you said yes. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. No, I was, <laughs> well, thank you. I just was so tickled. And so, you know, so what's on the horizon for you, Susan? Is anything anything exciting that you're that you haven't shared with us that you're going to do or coming up, you know, in the next year? Considering the pandemic, of course, something after the pandemic. Well, you know, you know I think it's going to be really exciting for me just to be able to get back and do the things that I love, like mm-hmm. perform live, and um, both you know for events and for the Canyon Ladies and um, any other thing that my husband and I decide to do musically. There's, I, I can't say that there's any one particular thing that I'm dying to do. I mean, uh, you know, I I did a little bit of theater when I was in high school and college, but when I graduated from college, I decided that I was probably a better uh, just, you know, singer and play, player than an actor. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of went the, that, that way in music. Um, yeah, when, I, when I first saw a photo of you, uh, you reminded me a little of Julie Andrews. Oh. oh my goodness! That style, yeah. you know? and she's a good-looking bird. I was told I looked a lot like Jamie uh, Lee Curtis, but well, there um, you go. There's oh, the wild. Yes, I can now. see that too. Actually, I can see that yeah. too. Is is there anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to talk about? Share with us. Tell our listeners. Hmm. Uh, 
What about no. uh, what about any exciting? Well, no, that's not the word. What about uh, any adventure that went wrong, or something on a gig, or something—a most unusual story? Oh yeah, a blooper. Well, uh, I started using uh, an iPad when I do my speaker events because um, I used to have a photographic memory, and I pretty much, you know, I don't have trouble memorizing things, but I found that. Sometimes I'd be on stage and I would get distracted by someone or something, and then then my <laughs> my mind would just go blank. Oh, and that happened uh, at my very first talk. I I got through the rehearsal and everything was perfect, and then I went out on stage. And when I look at the at the uh, video of it, I can see it. Mm. Most people can't see it, but the, you can just kind of uh, there's this little pause, and it was me going, <laughs> "Oh, what." What is next? <laughs> 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 so, you know, I just decided I don't like that feeling. So I think I'm just going to keep the iPad there in case I have to refer to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that did happen one other time when I was not using an iPad, but it was fortunately for a bunch of uh, uh, female uh, realtors uh, in Florida. And they were just such a great bunch. And I'm standing there and I, did, I had a little, uh, you know, brain. Uh, disappearance there for a second and i just said to them i said oh well, where was i what was i just saying yeah, right. <laughs> oh. and they popped back oh you were telling us about this such and such so yeah so i i fortunately haven't had any kind of real disaster um other than you know loss of memory loss but um yeah i've been very very fortunate i've i've worked for a bunch of wonderful people and it's I really love to be able to travel with the speaker mm, events. Although okay. I will have to say that the virtual events are much easier. I mean, there's certainly, you know, I just have to go in my office and <laughs> do my event in front of the computer. Well, we, you know, I'm going to get you here. I'm going to talk to your agent. I'm going to talk to your people down the road when we're all, we people can all hang out together. And I'm going to get you to Tucson because we have a pretty, uh, pretty large group of women. And we got our guys too that hang with us because they want to be with the women. But I definitely would love to have you in the future come to Tucson. I mean, well, that would be terrific. You know, I, I did a, um, um, an event in Scottsdale. Okay. Um, I think, was it last year? I think, yes, it was 2019. So, yeah. Uh, well, of yeah. course, that's Phoenix, so that's, just that's up the wonderful. road a little bit. Yeah, that's uh-huh. that's our younger brother, Phoenix, up the road about <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> they got six million, and we got one. <laughs> yeah, we're better. Yeah, we're better. So, uh, so folks, SusanCBennett.com. dot com. That is correct. Yes, Susan. Yeah, SusanCBennett.com. dot com. And may I ask what the C is for? Uh, Cameron, okay. my maiden name. Right, Susan yeah. Cameron. You know, right, it could be seen or as Siri. Or you can just Google the voice of Siri and it'll come up. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. Google the voice of Siri. But www.susancbennett.com is the major uh, website to go to. And there's going right. to be a lot... On the site, on our uh, channel, on Tucson Business Radio X, there's going to be your Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff as well. So that'll be right. good. But at Seriously Susan is the... Uh, handle for both Twitter and Instagram. Okay, at Seriously Susan. All right. Yeah, at Seriously, S-I-R-I, 
O U S L Y. Gotcha. Seriously, Susan. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. All right. Well, Susan, yeah. look, it's been an absolute pleasure yes. having you on Woods. Thank you. And both Kim and I uh, wish you the very best for your future. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you for inviting me on your program, and I hope your audience enjoys it. And, uh, yes, I do hope to, to see you one day. Yes. Well, uh, do us a favor in signing off, would you, a small favor for us? Uh, it depends. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Love you to sign off as Siri. For Tucson Business Radio X and Women Under the Sun. How about that? Well, I gotta tell you, I can say um, I could say something nice about you two individually, but I can't do any kind of promo. That's good. No, yeah, I don't want to promo. We'll <laughs> we'll take we'll take what you can give us. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me see if I can channel my original okay. theory. All right. Kim and Mark. Thank you so much for inviting me to your program today. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. And please do keep talking to me because I love to tell you what to do. <laughs> I love it. That was perfect. Thank you so much. How <laughs> thrilling, thrilling, thrilling. Uh, thank you, Siri. Thank you, Susan thank Bennett. Thank you. God bless. And, uh, thank good... you. Take, Take care. care. Take care. Thanks, Bye-bye. Susan. Bye. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Join us again, won't you, on the Business Radio X Network for another inspiring Women Under the Sun.